praise God, praise God. This is a house of miracles. I absolutely love that song and that the whole concept of breakthrough. Uh, today, as we kind of dive into the sermon, we're going to be hitting on breakthrough. We're going to be hitting on the idea that sin will break you, but rep- repentance will bring you breakthrough. And I don't know about you, but do you ever feel like the world's on your shoulders? Like you just can't shake all of this weight. That you can't shake this inevitable feeling of like shame or guilt. And it's something I know in my life I ran from for a long time. And I've watched countless other people do the same and just run to everything that they possibly could to try to find some reprieve for the guilt that they felt, that something missing in their heart, that they needed this weight lifted off of their shoulders, but no one and nothing could bring it. That's kind of what we're going to be talking about today, of what that looks like when someone has all of that weight and they're finally able to release it. So today I can promise you this. Today I promise you I'm going to show you how to find freedom, how to find breakthrough in your life. And that's a big that's a big cup to fill, you know what I mean? Those are big shoes to fill, some would say. But I think that Jesus has the ability to do it. I believe God has the ability to do it. And in all faith, I'm excited to watch him do so. So, I don't know about you. Has anybody ever clutched up in a video game? Come on, where are my gamers at? Hit a seven in chat right now. Seven in chat. If you ever clutched up a game, I don't care if it's like, if it's a COD win or it's a Fortnite win, or maybe it was like that clutch, you know, triple kill you got inside of CSGO. Maybe it was a Valorant, nasty jet, like, upstream into a triple who knows whatever it was if you've clutched up a game you know the feeling i can remember vividly vividly like i'm in it right now i can remember my first time clutching up a game of league of legends and you'd be like well what do you mean clutching up a game like what is it i mean 1v5 in the baron pit they're about to win the game last one up i flash over the wall Woo! i was playing riven if you know league of legends you know who riven is i was playing riven and i i, I did this move that you could do with her where i cued their team twice so like i i smacked their team twice and they were grouped in the baron pit which is a major objective in the game and then i used the third one to get out and then I dashed back over the wall. Okay, homies? I was doing some things. 1v5. My friends are going crazy in the mics, right? Like, ah, you're the best ever. Ah, you're great. And I'm just like, yeah, I am. I'm the best ever. And I'm looking around. And I'm like, I'm sitting in my room. Like, my family's like, what, what's daughter runs it? Everything okay? I'm the best. I'm number one. <laughs> What what are you talking about? You know the feeling. You've been there before. Like, I feel like I just conquered the world. Like, in all honesty, I did nothing. I actually did nothing. But to me, that's the, those are the, like, those chase experiences in gaming. 
those mountaintop experiences where you're trying so hard and, and eventually you hit the perfect combo or like it almost feels like it's on accident or like some kind of like <laughs> some muscle reaction you're just like did i just do that i remember hitting a shot in fortnite one time and like literally the people were like are, are you cheating like my on my call they were like bro that looked odd and i was like yeah it did i i don't know what's going on my hands are scripting you know that feeling though of being the superhero a feeling like you can carry the weight of the world. Feeling like you can do it all on your own. It's funny because in that game of league that I played where I got that 1v5 where I was the man, the truth of the matter is, is I didn't get there on my own. I wasn't able to 1v5 because I was like at the same level as everybody. It was because my jungler kept coming top lane and literally what we call feeding me kills and so i walked into mid game having like 11 kills 12 kills which gave me the gold and the levels that i needed to be able to 1v5 see oftentimes like when we have these heroic moments we don't understand how we got there and we don't understand that we didn't do it alone and it's the same thing when it comes to our brokenness it's the same thing when it comes to that weight of the world feeling we have. We often feel so isolated and alone, but oftentimes we aren't. We aren't alone. And just like there was people to boost me up to make me, you know, powerful in that game, there's also people that surround you to boost you up, but there's someone greater who can take that sin and that shame and that guilt and change your life. I remember being six years old when the first time my dad told me that my mom abandoned me because I, I saw her in like a picture or something, or she was like cut out of a picture. And I was like, who's this supposed to be? And he's like, Oh, that's your, that was your mom. She abandoned you. And I remember having a reality of like never asking that question before that moment. Of like, who's my mom? Like what? But I remember that moment because I felt shame, right? I was rejected. She didn't want me. And as I was talking to my dad, I remember that feeling just being overwhelming. And it moved on and I continued to have these things built up in my life. Where it's like, you're not wanted, you're not good enough, you'll never amount. And the story with my dad is a pretty hard one to get through. But my mom didn't abandon me, which I didn't know until I was eight years old. And I had this random woman pick me up out of my bed. And I swear to you with everything in me, just by her scent, I knew it was my mom. It was the weirdest thing. I hadn't seen my mom since I was three, two. I don't, I don't even remember her, but I just knew it was her. And they fought this two-year custody battle. And at the end of it, a judge looked at me and he said, you know, your chances aren't looking too good either way, TJ. And I had like an, a defender or an advocate. And he's like, but I'm going to let you choose. Who do you want to live with? And so I chose to go live with my mom. And in that moment, 
from that point on until 33 years old, I saw my dad a total of three times. So from eight until 33, saw him a total of like three, maybe four times. And I remember this feeling of being abandoned again, coming up. And like, I would try to call my dad every once in a while, get in touch with him. And, you know, he was an unhealthy guy. He was into drugs and he was just running from the law and just doing a bunch of things he shouldn't have been doing. And so I started to get this resentment and this bitterness in my heart. I started to carry another weight, right? I threw another weight on my shoulder. And I didn't know how to resolve it. I was a kid. I was like, I, I didn't know. Well, about four years ago, I got to see my dad for that like last time. And I was having a conversation with him. Right? I'm like a 29, 30 year old man. And I'm just like, like, like you're a child. Like, I, was like, I was like, you're, you're a child. Like, what, what is it? Like, what? Why haven't you kept connected to me? Like, you don't even know my daughter's names. You've met my wife one time who I've been with since I was 15 years old. Like, for 18 years, you've met her once. Like, where were you? Like, why are you not, like, involved in my life? And he looked me dead in the face. And he said, you betrayed me. At 30 years old. My dad, probably 55, 56 at the time, looked me dead in the face and said, you betrayed me. You broke my heart. And all of that shame and all of that guilt poured on even heavier. Like, how am I ever supposed to win? Like, it, you're blaming me? I was, I was eight. How was I supposed to know this is what life would look like? You know, how, how was I supposed to know this was going to happen? It was your responsibility, dad, to be there for me. It was your responsibility. Not an eight-year-old. And I was still held with this guilt and this shame at 30 years old. And I've battled my whole life with this, like, my dad wasn't at my wedding. Met my kids once. And you know, one day I think I had this aspiration in my head of maybe one day things will get better. You know, maybe he'll outgrow his childish behavior. Maybe, you know, he'll get off of drugs. Maybe he'll do this. Maybe he'll do that. Like whatever it is, maybe one day it'll change. And then about three weeks ago, he passed away. So I started battling. Like, God, like what, what is going on? Now I, I can never have the end of that story. I can, I can never see like, like I thought things were supposed to get better. I thought you go through a season of challenging times. I thought you take down the weight of the world. I thought you, you felt this way, but then there was at the end of the story, there's supposed to be a reprieve. There's supposed to be a win. There's supposed to be that, like that magical moment, right? Where it's, it's better where we can move on and we can, we can, we can have a relationship. 
in chat, it'll never come. And there's so many times in each and every one of our lives where we will never get that magical moment where someone has hurt us or we've done something and we can't remove that guilt or that shame. We can't remove that bitterness on our own. And I would often think of times like, God, maybe one day, you know, we'll be able to go do this or, you know, maybe one day, you know, my, my kids. And I'd have all of these what if moments. And on the day that he passed away and I got that call, it like broke this mirror or this, this false hope that I had. And there's a decision to make in that moment. All of this guilt and all this shame and all of this burden that I feel, I can continue to carry it. I can let it become solidified like a cement stone in my heart. Or I could turn to the only one that I ever knew who could break open that stone, who could break off the walls inside my heart. And I could give it to him. And I'm not going to lie to you, I'm still doing it. I'm still in the process of giving it over to God and not being jealous when I see someone being able to go on a fishing trip with their dad or, you know, just like a grandfather being involved in their kids' lives. Like it hurts. And in those moments, I'm learning and I'm growing. And it's a beautiful process, but it's painful and it's rigorous. And I want to point you to someone that felt like they were carrying the weight of the world and show you what she did and what that looked like when that moment was challenged and how God saw her. Let's jump into Luke 7, 36 through 50. Much forgiveness, much love. This is in the CSB version. Then one of the Pharisees invited him to eat with him. He entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And a woman in the town who was a sinner found out that Jesus was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house. I wonder how she knew where the Pharisee's house was. She brought an alabaster jar of perfume and she stood behind him at his feet, weeping and began to wash his feet with her tears. She wiped his feet with her hair, kissing them and anointing them with the perfume. I'm going to read this one more time. Then one of the Pharisees invited him to eat with him. He entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And a woman in the town who was a sinner found out that Jesus was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house. She brought an alabaster jar of perfume and stood behind him at his feet, weeping, and began to wash his feet with her tears. She wiped his feet with her hair, kissing them and anointing them with perfume. Now, this is an odd scene. This is a, a odd scene to say the least. Some in today's day and age you don't understand or completely because we don't have the same culture. 
But the truth of the matter is when someone would enter someone's home, it was customary for them to wash their feet or to have a servant wash their feet because of the dust that they would get on their feet from the sandals and then bring it into the home. It was the customary thing to do. It was the respectful thing to do. And Jesus hadn't had that done. And then the humbling act that this woman takes to break an alabaster jar of perfume and pour it on Jesus' feet. And the reason it says she was behind him is because when you would recline at a table, you would be with a bunch of other people, right? There was other people in the room. There were the apostles. There was the Pharisee. There was his servants, his people, maybe some of, the, of, of his folk. And what they would do is they would lean, like lay down on their left side. And your head would be towards the table. And when it says he's reclining, that means his body would have been away from the table. And so she literally probably would have anointed his head, but instead decided to anoint his feet because that was what was available. And it was a humbling act, a servant's act to wash his feet. And I don't know about you, but I find it a beautiful picture that she would be laying all of it down. This is so many different things in this passage. You might not understand. Like her putting her hair down was a, a, a huge, huge deal then. Women didn't put their hair down during that time. It was looked down upon. And she literally went to the, the, the filthiest part. And with her own tears and with her own hair, washed his feet. Could you imagine the humility it would take to walk into that place and do that? And you'll realize a little bit more of why that's even more serious as we move on. But I'm going to have us do something really strange. Chad, are you with me? I'm going to have us do something really awkward. A little weird. I know this is different. I'm telling you, it's different. I'm a different dude. Put an 11 in chat if you're down for an adventure, all right? 11 in chat right now. If you're watching this on the YouTube VOD, I'm going to put a link down in the description below the video. You can watch the video there. But if you're here right now, okay, I got some people that are willing to go on an adventure. I appreciate it. At this moment, I need you to jump into Discord. I need you to jump into Discord in one of the channels you see people in. There will be one of three rooms you can jump into. Choose whatever you please. Jump into one of those rooms. And then when I tell the leaders of those rooms to play the video, they will. So right now, the reason I have to do it this way is because there is a DMCA on Twitch. And so I can't play the video because that's music. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a time and we're just going to contemplate. And it's going to be like a five, six minute exercise when I say play the video. And what I would like you to do is I would like you to just listen to the lyrics. And I would like you to just pray. I would like you to take time and just pray and contemplate and meditate on what is going on and make this scene a reality in your life. Because I think sometimes we can distance ourselves too far from the words of words of the Bible. That where it's like, oh, that's a cool story. It's like, it's just a thing. But like, this is a real thing that happened. A real woman did this. 
She showed this display of humility. And I would love for you to do that as well. So jump on in the Discord right now. You can find the links right there. For anyone that cannot access Discord, all right? If you do not have the ability to jump into a Discord for whatever reason, the YouTube link is right there in the chat. If you're on the VOD, it'll be right below the video. And you can take the time during this time as well to watch that. I'm going to jump into one of these chats uh, in our Discord. And we're just going to take five or six minutes. And we're just going to focus in and reflect. If you've never done something like this before, what I'm asking you to do is just block out all of the other things going on. And just take time and reflect on what's being said. Let it permeate. Let it become a moment. So many, sometimes I, I really do feel like we just distance ourselves too far from that. So go ahead and jump in on the Discord if you're not there right now. If you're over at Unity Gaming, shout out Susie Live. Love you. Appreciate you. I hope he has instruction for you. Awesome. All right. And so we're going to go ahead and we're going to play that video now.
Jesus, we praise you. Father, we thank you. We lift our eyes to you, God. Lord, people do not know what we're going through. And oftentimes we feel so alone. They don't know the cost. Father, I pray today that there would be freedom, God. That individuals all across the world that are sitting in this place right now would find freedom. As each one, the cost looks different. As each one, the burden looks different. I just pray, Father, you would move and there would be breakthrough. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If you're back with me, hit a three in chat. If you're back with me, hit a three in chat. Thank you. That's a powerful song. and I think it really delivers the picture of what that woman was going through when she entered that house and the burdens that she was feeling. So I hope that that was a powerful moment between you and God. In verse 39, when we move on in the scripture, it says, When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, This is the man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him. She's a sinner. I find it so interesting that Simon is so familiar with this woman. I mean, I really wish Jesus' reply in this moment would have just been like, how do you know? Wait, how do you know? Simon, how do you know? How do you know she's a sinner, Simon? When Simon says she's a sinner, what he's insinuating is, is that she's promiscuous, that she's a woman in adultery. It's just not talking about a plethora. Like, they're being very pointed when he says what he says. I think Simon needs an accountability partner. I think someone needs to be checking Simon's DMs. Better yet, his quill and pen and ink or his carrier pigeon. Someone needs to be checking this man's mail because he knows a little too much about said sinful woman. After this, I think Miss Simon has a few choice words for this Pharisee. I think Mrs. Simon is, is probably like, uh-huh, she's just sitting in the background. Okay, okay, uh-huh. And then when everybody leaves, she's smacking him in the back of the head, like, how do you know so much about her, Simon Gilead Jacob the 15th? She's using his whole name. I think 
that Mrs. Simon is giving him a beating. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know anything, but this looks pretty Jerry Springer, Maury Popovich to me. Okay. This, this looks like that kind of scene. I just say it how I see it. You know what I mean, chat? Like, this man knows this woman too well. She knows where his house is. He knows everything about her. I'm just saying, man needs to be checked. But like, joking aside, she risked it all to come into that man's house. He was a religious leader. You can see the way that he speaks about her, that he finds her deplorable, that she shouldn't even lay his hand, her hands on Jesus because she shouldn't, her, her, her sin might be like some contagion to him. That any respectful person wouldn't allow her near them. but she didn't care. Or maybe she did care. Like we often care. But the thing she was willing to do is be brave and take a step that we aren't always willing to take. She didn't allow her fear to hold her back. And in verse 40, Jesus replied like this. Simon, I have something to say to you. Simon said, say it, teacher. And Jesus goes into a parable here and he says, a creditor had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Since they could not pay it back, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more. Simon answered, I suppose the one he forgave more. Man knew he was in a trap. I suppose, like, you know who he, who's, who's, <laughs> like, you know, you know who's going to love him more. I suppose. Simon's in a trap and he realizes it. And Jesus said this, you have judged correctly. He told him, turning to the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? What, what are we talking about, Jesus? Yeah, he sees her. He just talked about her. He, he obviously sees her. Touch on that in a second. And Jesus says, I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. Which was just a decent sign of respect. But she with her tears has watched, washed my feet and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, which was also a customary sign of a friend of respect. But she hasn't stopped kissing my feet since I came in. You didn't anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with perfume. Therefore, I tell you, her sins have been forgiven. That's why she loved much. 
but the one who is forgiven little loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Let's jump back to that, that section where it says, do you see this woman? And like, of course, Simon sees her with his actual eyes, right? Like his eyes are laid, he, he sees her. But don't miss this chat. Jesus isn't talking about the person standing in the room necessarily. He's talking about her heart. Do you not see her? Do you not see her acts of genuineness? Do you not see her broken before me? Her repentance, her devotion, her willingness to embarrass herself, her willingness to sacrifice something of great value. Simon, do you see her? And Simon can't. Simon cannot see her. Simon the Pharisee did not see the woman as she was, a humble sinner seeking forgiveness, pouring out love for Jesus because he looked at her as she had been, a notorious sinner. Chat, don't miss this. Man will always see you as your past. But God sees you as your future. He doesn't judge you for who you used to be, but who you choose to be today. He sees you. He sees your heart. He sees every dark weight that is, is bearing down on you. And lovingly, because of his life and his sacrifice, he covers every single blemish. He sees for what you could be. He sees you for the person that you desire to be. Doesn't mean he doesn't see your past self. He doesn't know you but he sees so much more. Sin will make you break, but repentance will give you breakthrough. I love that Mary makes this very personal. And this is like her doing all of these things. It's not written like it's, a, it, it, it's about her, but it's written from like her acts they use the word she three times here and her twice. She served Christ himself. It was her. And in this, if you don't, if you notice, I told you there was other people in this room. There had to be. Jesus traveled with 12 apostles. That means Mary walked by each and every single one of these men. She walked by each and every one of the women that was in the room. She didn't ask them, Hey, Peter, could you, could you do me a favor? Could you, could you just let Jesus know I'm here? Could you just ask him on behalf of me to, to help? You know, I, I, I need help. She didn't ask the servants in the house. It's beautiful because she went right to the source. 
and I know so many times people have this mixed up. In order for you to commune with God, you do not need a pastor. In order for you to pray, to be able to repent before God, you do not need me. You don't need any saint. There is no one that is standing in the gap for you except Jesus. And he has given you the authority and the right to call upon him yourself. And just like Mary weeding through the crowd, she goes right to the source and you have that available to you as well. There's no one that can do this for you. It won't be your parents' faith. It won't be your priest. It won't be your pastor. It can only be you and him. Because it's between you and God. Only Jesus can forgive you of your sins. And he has made himself completely available to you. Verse 49, it says, Those who are at the table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this man who even forgives sins? At this point, they didn't know Jesus was who he said he was. Many of them never would. And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This story is a collection and a beautiful piece of what it looks like to walk into a place knowing that you need a special thing from only one person that can specifically give it to you. She needed someone to be able to remove the weight and she had tried everything else. The reason I know that is because she was so easily able to break something so important. An alabaster jar was filled. It was it was a sign of, of money and wealth. And she was able to use it and break it on his feet. The lowliest part. Because she needed him. What is it in your life that you're willing to lay down? What is it in your life that you're willing to pour out to God? To that woman, she wanted to pour out everything she had because she didn't just break an alabaster box in that moment and anoint his feet. She washed his feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. She laid it all down. She put her tenacity down. She put her pride. She put her riches. She put her dignity. She put her love and wrapped it all in a beautiful gift of saying, Lord, forgive me. I need these burdens gone. Forgive me of my sin. You might be asking, what is sin? It is wrongdoing. It is everything that is not of God. sins can be forgiven. But it's only through Jesus. She knew that her sins were many. And there was only one person that could make her whole again. And it was only through her full repentance that she could find 
restoration. It's a beautiful thing to see. It's a beautiful thing to watch people that have been broken, that have been hurting, that have been in pain, walk in the fullness of healing. That broken heart becomes mended. This sermon's about repentance. Sin will make you break, but repentance will give you breakthrough. I believe it with my whole heart, Chad. I'm challenging you today as we enter this last part of our service to head into the meditation room in Discord. There's a room with a bot that'll be playing music. I challenge you right in this moment, right now, to go find that peace, to go find that forgiveness. Before we end service, before we get to the giveaway, before we move on, there's a place for you. And as you get into that room, mute yourself and just spend time with God. And just like this woman poured out her love, do the same. Talk to God. He wants to hear your voice. This isn't a complicated thing. Just talk to him. Pour out your love. Pour out your your hurt, your pain. Shout if you have to. Like, we don't have physical altars here at GSC. Obviously, we're on Twitch. But what we do have is we have a place that we're building right now. That meditation room. A place you can go to right now. And it will be the symbol of an altar. And an altar is a place where you can just go offer everything that you are, everything that's in your heart. It's symbolic, a place to lay down all of the pain, all of the past, all of the sin, all of the hurt. You can go there now, right now in this moment. You're sitting here like I would have been saying, ah, oh, you know, that's for other people. That's not for me. I don't need that. Like, I, I, that's good, man. I'm so glad people are finding freedom. Like, but I'm good. I'm good. You're not. You're not good. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Even today as a pastor, I sin. And I need to ask for God's forgiveness. I need to say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. And there's freedom that you get to walk. There's a freedom in repentance that you get to walk in. And that's where you'll find breakthrough. Now that room, that meditation room, isn't some magic or miraculous place. It's just a symbol. It's just a place for you to go. But it is a movement. It's you making a movement to that place. 
in this moment. Go. Don't miss your chance. Don't miss your opportunity. You'd be like, another thing I would say when I was a little bit younger is like, I'll be there next week. You know, I can do that next week. Why would you want to wait for freedom? God has freedom for you today. And I believe it. I really do believe it with everything that I am. Your movement into that place is a public declaration. You're, you need more of God. And I'm with you. I need more of God. I'm going to go into that place after I close here in a few, in a, in a, in a minute or two. And I'm going to do the same thing as I've asked all of you to do. I'm just going to spend some time with Jesus. Spend some time looking at the person that I am and who I want to be. All of us have so much to repent for. Sin will make you break. But repentance will give you breakthrough. No one told you they love you today. I love you in my whole heart. We love you here. All right. <clears throat> wow. Amen. My goodness. I am so grateful. Dang it. For you, TJ. Um, yeah. I needed to hear it. Um, I hope a lot of you did too. <laughs> Trying to compose myself here. <clears throat> I came already in a very emotional uh, state, and so yeah, this didn't help. But um, I mean, it's true. God is amazing, and so I thank you for this. I hope you guys are gonna take the challenge. I think I'm actually emotionally like scared to do what he asked me too because I don't like want to go to that place <laughs> so if you feel this way as well again you're not alone um but there's a reason why these are called you know challenges and it's it's so easy to just not do the challenge right I mean our culture leads us astray and tells us distract 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 like everything is just distraction so I, um, yeah, I hope that you do exactly what TJ has challenged us to do, um, so, and that you were blessed, so that was, that was good, um, but I'm here to help close the service, um, I hope you were blessed, I hope you heard what you needed to hear, um, if you are struggling like I am, um, there is a discord. Of course we have a meditation room, but we'll also have a couple people in there to pray with you. Um, whatever you need, we're there for you as well. So if you haven't yet popped into our discord or know where to go, that's exclamation point discord in the chat so that you know, um, exactly where you need to go to find us there. Uh, we have tons of things happening in the Discord. Uh, like I said at the beginning of service, if you weren't here, we're having a community event tonight where we're watching a movie together. So the best way is to head to that Discord. Say you're interested in the event. Um, there's lots of life that happens in our Discord. Um, and then, yeah, if any of you have been questioning or have already decided to 
give your life to Jesus, which I know that's a very Christian thing to say and that might not even make any sense. But if you are like, you know, I think this Jesus guy is real. I think God is real and I'm ready to get to know who he is. Then we want to say awesome. Congrats. Um, go ahead and say that's you in the chat if that is you. Um, or if you don't want to do that, just I ask that you feel free to reach out to us. Uh, but we want to celebrate you because choosing to believe there's a God and then give your life to God is the best thing that you could ever do in your entire life because he is your creator and we are meant to know who he is. Uh, so <clears throat> you can also fill out that connect form. So exclamation point connect will bring you a link. Um, go ahead, fill that form however much you feel possible uh, or feel comfortable in filling out. <clears throat> And that's another great way to just let us know that you chose to believe that you need some guidance, you need prayer or just letting us know so that we can celebrate with you. That's another great way to do it as well. And then we also have baptisms here. That's kind of what we see as the next step in just baptism is basically publicly declaration, like making a declaration that you are unashamed to follow Jesus. So same thing like this world is going to tell you jesus like come on you subscribe to that you're so dumb but god it doesn't matter to god like he wants to hear you say that and it's scary and we are trained to follow the crowd to do what's popular to fit in and god is literally saying no don't do that and that's another scary place but um again it is it is a step of faith and just something that you can do. So in baptism, you are standing up against the world and standing with us, fellow believers, and saying, I believe in Jesus. So if you would like to be baptized, we do baptisms here on an online church. Um, they all look different because it's up to you to find the water, and then we will show the video and baptize you. But if you're interested, exclamation point baptism, you can fill out that form. We have like a class, and then we have um, a Saturday where you can sign up for that. So even if you're just interested, but you don't know if you want to do it, go ahead, fill that form out. Um, cause we would love to have you get baptized here. Um, and then, <coughs> sorry, still sick, uh, offering. We are going to enter a time of giving an offering. And so basically we cannot do this. We cannot be this church without you guys, without you um, supporting us and giving to this place. And so we're going to give you a couple of safe, secure ways that you can give to God Squad Church. Um, this is for people who call this church their home. This is people who are excited to partner with God and what he may be doing to reach gamers for Christ. So don't feel like you're obligated to do this. But if you want to do it, here's what you can do. You can either... Um, go below the Twitch page under this box video. I don't know why words aren't coming to me today. Go down, click the link. <laughs> you can go to our website, godsquadchurch.com. Um, there's giving page there. You can text. So pull out your phone. I'll give you a couple seconds to do that. Pull out your phone. Open up your messages. Type in the number 84321. Again, that's 84321, and you can text any amount to that number uh, and give that way. Um, you can also put exclamation point give in the chat to get some links. So those are all the way that you can give, and we just want to say 
thank you so much for your giving because like i said we can't do this without you and it's a great opportunity to just partner with us and try to have people know that jesus and god he's real and people need to know about him so thank you so much